The 13th parak of Hilchas Tain Venitan, the law of a plaintiff and defendant relating to financial disputes. In previous parakim, we have explained the concept of chazaka, who is the presumed owner of a certain object. When it comes to land, the, a person who is presently in charge of the land is not assumed to be the owner, which is unlike movable objects, metalkaline, that whoever is holding on to them is assumed to be the owner. In land, only if someone has been using it for three consecutive years is he assumed to own the land, as we have explained in the previous parakim. In this chapter, the Rambam will give exceptions to this rule, that when it comes to land, normally after three years, he will be considered to have the chazaka, and he will be considered the owner. However, there are certain people who are exempted from this general principle, and the Rambam will enumerate them and explain the laws in this following pedic. Pedic Shlesha Aser, the 13th pedic Halacha Aleph. The following are all categories of people that the land will not be in their possession even though they have utilized the field and consumed its produce for three years. And now the Rambam lists them in this first halacha. In the following halachas he will explain each one individually. Ha'umnim, a craftsman, in other words a builder who is building a house on land or fixing a house. Ba'arisin, a tenant farmer. Ba'abatrupin, Guardians, Vahashutfin, partners, Vahish Benichse Ishte, a man regarding his wife's possessions, Vahisha Benichse Baila, a woman in her husband's possessions, Uben Benichse Avi, Vahav Benichse Ben, a father vis a vis his father's belongings, and a father vis a vis his child's belongings. Shakol Echod Me'elu Ein Makpidim Zen Al Zen. Over here, the their usage of the land for three years is no proof because these two categories of people are not makpid. They don't care if the other one is using the field. And therefore, we would not expect them to issue a statement of protest should they be using it for three years. Therefore, their consumption of the, of the profits and the produce of the land is no proof that it belongs to them. Even though the original owners of the field have not entered any protest of Machah. As the Rambam has mentioned in previous parakim, that within the three years, the original owner of the land must enter a Machah, a statement of protest, an official statement, in order to demonstrate that the field belongs to him. What happens if one of these people enumerated in this halacha have been on the land for three years. But we return the land to the original owner as long as that they can bring a proof that this land originally belonged to them. And in addition, they must take a rabbinic oath. The original owner must take a rabbinic oath that they did not sell or give this land to the person that is presently on it as the Rambam explained previously in the beginning of Perek over there regarding metaltally movable objects, the one who is taking the object must make a rabbinic, take a rabbinic oath that he has not sold or given the object to the one presently in possession. So too here in the case of land, the original owner gets the land back, but he must take a rabbinic oath to verify that he did not sell or give it away. Halacha base. The king Rasha Goli is Shal'isa's man. And so too the so-called exilarch, literally the head of the exiles in that time, that in Talmudic times there were people that were appointed to be, to be the heads of the community in Babylon and dealt as the representatives of the community as far as all external ex, external affairs. So too Vahagazlan, a thief, Vahagoy, a non-Jew, their utilization or consumption of the field for, th- for three years is also no proof for anything. 
Because they are people that do everything by force. Therefore, everyone would be afraid of objecting of objecting to their consumption or utilization of the land because they are people that use violence. And so too, a deaf mute, someone that is mentally incompetent, or a minor, someone that is underage, their utilization or consumption is also no proof. That they are not people that legitimately are capable of making a claim, of making a, a, a valid claim, a taina, in order that the land should be theirs. Since anyway they're incapable of making a valid claim, the original owner of the land has no need to ob- object to their presence. And therefore, since he has no reason to make a macha, his lack of making a macha is not considered to be a chsodan, is not considered to damage his, his right to the land. So too, in this case, the land is returned to the original owner. And so too, if the land belongs, has been inherited, for example, by a deaf mute or a minor, or someone mentally incompetent, and someone grabs hold of their possessions, whoever grabs hold of their possessions also, his consumption and utilization of the land for three years is also no proof as to their possession. Halacha Gimel. We said previously that the categories that we have mentioned in Halacha Aleph do not have a valid right to possession as a result of their, even as a result of their having the land for three years. So, How exactly is this applied that we do not allow them to keep the land? Ruven, who has been utilizing the field of Shimon for the proper years, the three years necessary in order to make a chazaka, a presumption of his ownership of the land. And he claims, Reuben claims, that he bought it. However, Shimon brings witnesses that it was previously known to be in his possession. He witnesses that he is the real owner, the original owner. And so too, and he also brings witnesses that Reuben is his partner or his tenant farmer or his guardian a guardian and for this reason he, since, he, since he knows that Reuben was his partner tenant farmer or guardian for this reason he did not enter a protest as the Ramam explained in Allah Aleph that since on these people one is not Makbid he did not need to make he did not feel a need to enter an official protest since he has witnesses for both his ownership and Reuben's partnership and so on, we return the field to Shimon after Shimon takes a rabbinic oath that he did not sell or give the field to Reuben. And so too the lawyers regarding the other categories described in Halacha Aleph, all of the other people, the same procedure is followed. However, here the Rambam will apply the principle of Migoy. But we have mentioned many times in these halachas that if a person has a better claim that he could have said and be believed thereafter, we believe him even with his weaker claim now. He has a migoy that if you think he's lying with this claim, he could have said even a better lie. And so too over here. If, however, Shimon only brought witnesses that he is the previous owner, but, Ru- but Shimon did not bring any proof to the second part of his claim that Reuben is his partner or a tenant farmer and so on. Uh, however, Reuben himself admitted that he is the partner or he is the tenant farmer. But Omar Reuben said, Hain who shoots for you The truth is that I am his partner, but he sold it to me. 
Over here, Reuben has a migoy. If he wanted, he could say that I was not a shutev. He could say that it was sold to me. And since he is in charge of the land for three years, we would believe him after taking a rabbinic oath, as we mentioned in previous halachas. Therefore, over here, since he already has had control of the year for the field for three years the land for three years, and he has the capability, he would have been able to say even a better lie that he never ever was a, uh, a partner, because Shimon has no proof that he was a partner. He is believed with his claim like anyone else that has a migoy. Everyone else that has a migoy also is believed with his weaker claim. So too, if Shimon cannot provide witnesses for the second part of his claim, that the Reuben was a partner, or in one of these other categories of Allah Alif, then Reuben is believed and he is allowed to keep the field. Halacha Dalit. From here to the end of the paddock, the Rambam begins to explain in detail all of the different categories that he mentioned in Halacha Aleph. Ha'umnin Ketzad. What type of craftsmen are we speaking about here? For example, they were building on or repairing on this land for many years, for more than three years. In that case, even though they were in control of the land for all of these years, since they were merely building or repairing this, this land, or on this land they were building a house and so on since they were in that status as builders they have no right to declare that their field belongs to them let's say that they ceased their jobs as craftsmen and they are just sitting on the land even if they started as craftsmen but now they are no longer working if they consumed the fruit of the land for, utilized it in other words for three years after they are no longer working then they have chazaka they have the acquired the, the right to the field as, as does any other person after three years that they will be believed with their claim that the field belongs to them what type of tenant farmer are we speaking about over here? The Rambam will say in this halacha, it's not any tenant farmer. It's a case where the tenant farmer has been handed on from someone else in the family. To use names here, let's say the tenant farmer is Ruvain and the present owner of the field is Shimon. Reuben, we're speaking about in this halacha, was a tenant farmer to Shimon's father or to someone else in Shimon's family, not just to Shimon himself. Since he was already a tenant farmer for, for his father or someone else in the family, then even though he is an owner of the field, he will not register an official protest that he is now using the field as a tenant farmer. It's possible, for example, he might think to himself that the arrangement had been by his, the other members of his family or by his father that this tenant farmer will be there for three years and then the, then the family will take it over again and work the land for three years and so on. Therefore, he was not... Uh, Makpid wasn't so careful to register an official protest. But if the owner of the field himself made this person a tenant farmer now, if he has consumed the fruit of the land for the, all the years of a chazaka for three years, we give the field to him. In other words, we halakhically establish that it is his. And we tell the original owner, How could it be that your claim is right that you let him use the field year after year and you didn't register any protest? This, that he has been in, in 
charge of the field for so long and he did not enter a machah is a proof to his claim that the field belongs to him. However, if it was not him that appointed a tenant farmer, it was someone from a previous generation in the family, then this would be the explanation about why he made no machah because he relied on the arrangement that they had made. Halachavav. A tenant farmer who had been passed on from previous generations, as we mentioned in Halacha Hay, that he is the one excluded from this idea of a chazaka of three years. And he brought another tenant farmer under his hand. In other words, he as a tenant farmer gets a percentage or a certain portion or a certain payment for working the field of the crops which the field produces. So there's the owner and he as the tenant farmer being paid from the produce. Let's say he sublets, so to speak, this farm. And he took another Oris who is now working for him and he is giving him another percentage. Obviously a smaller percentage than what he is getting or a smaller payment than what he is getting. But he has now another farmer who is now, so to speak, working for him. This type of farmer, even though he has been passed on from the father of the present owner, he nevertheless has a chazaka with three years. Because it is impossible, or at least highly unlikely, that one should allow a tenant farmer to bring other tenant farmers under his hand in a person's own belongings, he's not going to say anything. Why should he allow this tenant farmer to make money off of his field? He himself could make the money off the field by taking this other tenant farmer. Therefore, since we see that this first farmer took other ones, we see that the, and, and nothing was said, no macha or objection was made, this is a proof that the field really belongs to this t- the person who was claimed to be the tenant farmer. However, this is only, as the Ramam said, only if new tenant farmers were brought in. Let's say the owner of this field, the original owner, has many tenant farmers. He has many different farms working over there. And each one has a different area or a different farm to work on. And let's say one of the tenant farmers hires another one to work for him. If this Aris, one of them, one of the tenant farmers, gives over some of the work of his field to another one of the farmers who is already working for the same landowner, in this case it's no proof that he is the owner of the land. He has no chazaka if he, does, if he only has another one of the, of the farmers who is already working for him. Because perhaps he was made a foreman. A, a, a leader, a responsible person over all of the other farmers. And therefore, he was dividing up the work among the different farmers from all of the land which belongs to his boss. A tenant farmer who left his position as an, as an Oris and afterwards utilized the land for three years after the time that he stopped, this is a good chazaka already. That since he had three years when he was no longer an Oris, he is like any other person... Who, by whom three years would be a valid chazaka. Halacha zayin. Ha-petrupasin ketzad. How do we see that a guardian also has no chazaka after three years? Bein shayya ha-petrupas al-sodizu bein al-shar Regardless of whether he was a guardian over a field or, or, or other, over other belongings. Bein shamino aysam bezdin. Bein shamino aysam abiyasemim. Whether these guardians were appointed by the court or were appointed by the father of the orphans, obviously before the father died. The and then these guardians raised up the orphans, and after they raised them, and obviously were having benefit and living on this land, the Yusemim, the orphans, are now fully grown, and they allow the guardians to remain on the land. 
And regardless of whether he was only appointed a guardian over a person's expenditures and over his his income, since these guardians are utilizing the land with permission, they have no chazaka. A chazaka of three years only applies because we say that the real owner of the land should have entered a protest to their using it. But this guardian is used, there's no reason to protest to his use. We want him to use it. Everybody wants him to use it. This is, he's doing it with proper permission. Therefore, it is no proof that no objection was raised and therefore he has no chazaka. Over a troop in Minuyam, let's say the guardians left their appointment, and they utilized this this land for three years after they were they were dropped as guardians or they dropped themselves as guardians, In this case they return to the status of any other person and they do have a chazaka once they have the land for three years. This obviously applies three years after the orphans have already been grown and are after the age of Bar Mitzvah. How is this that partners do not have a proof by taking three years of residence exclusively in a field? That they do not have this Chazaka of three years. If they are partners in a field and the field does not have a status that it can be divided. As the Ramam explained previously in Hilchus Shchenim, that if a field is so small that if it's divided between the two partners, neither section will be of sufficient size to be worth planting. In that case, one of the partners, neither of the partners, that is, has the right to demand that the field be divided, that the field be split, since this would ruin the value of the field. So if it's such a small field that it does not have din chaluka, it cannot be divided. In this case, even if one of the partners has been exclusively utilizing the field for many years, it is nevertheless still considered to be the property of both. Because since it's small and cannot be divided, the other partner could always say, well, we made such an agreement that you will utilize it for three or four years and then I will utilize it for three or four years. It's so small that it doesn't make any sense to split the produce in half. This is, however, only in a small field. If, however, it would be possible to divide this field, and in that case, one of the, one of the two partners utilized the entire field for three years of Chazaka, then it is a valid Chazaka. It is presumed that he owns the entire land. Because he tells the other one that is claiming that he still has half ownership, if the truth is, like you say, that you didn't sell it or did not give it to me as a gift, then how is it possible that I could utilize the entire field exclusively and you don't say anything or register a protest for three entire years? If the truth is, like you say, that you still have partial ownership, certainly you would have entered some sort of objection in this time period. If, in the case of a small field, he, he cannot make such a claim, because the field is so small that they could not be using it simultaneously. But if the field is bigger, then he has the valid claim, because certainly the other one should have been using his part of the field. And so, too, a man who is utilizing his wife's belongings, his wife's land for three years of Chazaka.
And even if the stipulation was made before they were married that the husband will not consume any fruit from her fields, normally a husband has the right to consume the fruit, the produce of the field that his wife brought into the marriage. And then certainly, since that is the normal case, the fact that he eats the fruit would not be a proof for anything that he has ownership of the land. That's the normal situation. Here the Rambam says that the Chiddush is that even if they stipulated that he would not consume the fruit, if he does consume the fruit now, it is no proof even though he stipulated he would not do so. Furthermore, even if the stipulation was made, even before they had consummated the marriage, when she was still engaged, that he would not inherit any of her belongings like a normal husband does, which shows that they specifically stipulated that he has no rights whatsoever to her belongings. And then after they made these stipulations, Afterwards he ate, he consumed the produce of the field, and he built what he wanted, he just took apart what he wanted, and he did whatever he wanted to do in the field. The Kena Isha, and so too conversely, a woman, who consumed the produce of her husband's belongings, of her husband's field. And she utilized them as, as she desired for many years. And this is true even though that he signified and singled out a special field that she should be able to use for her livelihood, she should be able to, to get money from that field. And instead of consuming the produce of that field, she consumed produce of other fields. Which in this case, if she consumed the produce of that field, certainly it would not show that she has any chazak on that field, because her husband designated that she should use it to get her livelihood. But even if he made such a stipulation, and she took from other fields, in any of these cases, the fact that one of these parties is consuming the produce of the field is no proof whatsoever. Because in all of these cases, with a husband and wife, either party can claim that for Sholem bias, in order to have peace in the house, and that there should not be fighting, that this one party went beyond the limits of the law and allowed the other party to do things even which had not been stipulated. And so to a child who is eating at his father's table, in other words, his father still supports him, and he's considered part of the family. And he utilized or consumed the belongings of his father for the years sufficient to make a chazaka for three years. And so to the father who is living off his son for the three years of Chazaka, so to over here, the fact that they have consumed the produce of the field and utilized it as if it's their own is still no proof in these cases because the relationship between a father and son is so close that they would not normally be makpid on one another to make an objection if the other one is utilizing the field. However, a son who has already moved away from his father, and so too, a philosophic and a woman after she has been divorced, and even if it's only a doubt whether she has been divorced, as the Gemara uses the term she's divorced and she's not divorced. An example of this would be a get which was thrown to the woman, and it's doubtful whether it's closer to him or closer to her. Since it's a case of doubt, she is suffering Mikoreshes. And therefore, her husband still has to pay for her food because she might still be married to him. 
In any of these cases, though, Harihen Kashar Kol Odom, they are considered like any other person. The son who is away from his father now is considered like any other person since he's living on his own. The father would object should he utilize the field as if it's his. And so to the woman, even though she might still be married, although the husband attempted at least to divorce her, certainly an objection would be raised if she utilized the field as if it's her own. Halacha Yud. Rosh Goliath, any of the exilarchs, the head of the Jewish exile that, that were around in the days of the sages of the Talmud, as we discussed in Allah Aleph. Since they had the power, the ability to rule over all of the people by force, the fact that they have a certain field in their possession for three years is also no proof. And so to another person who was holding on to the belongings of the Rosh Goliath, even if he utilizes the field for many years, his consumption of the produce of the field is no proof. Why? Because the Rosh Goliath doesn't have to enter a protest. Because since he has such strength, and he can remove this person from the field whenever he wants, he does not need to register a protest. He's the Rosh Goliath, and he has the power to rule over the people by force. Why should he register a protest when he wants? He'll just take him off the field. And so too, conversely, when it's the Rosh Goliath who is holding on to the field, it's not surprising that, that the person doesn't object. And, and even if, he, regardless of whether he objects or not, the Rosh Goliath taking hold of the field is not a proof for anything, because since he's the Rosh Goliath, obviously he's capable of doing anything by force, and no one would bother to object. However, an oath is still involved. In the case where another person is, is living on the field of the Rosh Goliath, Avul Nishboin Heses, the Rosh Goliath must take a rabbinic oath, that he has not sold or not given away this field. Although he keeps it because he does not have to register a protest, because anytime he wants he can take him off the field, he nevertheless must swear that he has not sold or given it away as a gift. And if it's conversely, they, one of these Rosh Goliaths, is holding someone else's possessions, and they are living on the field that we said at the beginning of Allah, since they rule by force. They are holding a field, is no proof. And the one that is the original owner of the field said he does not, had not sold it to the Rosh Goliath. He also must take this rabbinic oath that he has not sold or given it away as a gift. And now the final Allah of the Perak, Allah Yir Aleph. A Ghazlan Ketzar. What case is it that a Ghazlan, a thief who was holding onto a field, is assumed not to have Shnei Chazaka, the three years that he is in charge of the field, is not a proof for anything? What kind of Ghazlan are we speaking about? Misha Huchza Ghazlan al Sadezu. Someone that was already found to be a thief regarding this particular field, in other words, he already tried to steal this field. Or someone whose parents, whose forefathers, have already been proved to kill people on monetary matters, which even though he himself does not have such a blemish in his past, since his fathers reached such an extreme that they were willing to kill for money, then some of this is passed on to him. In either of these two cases, even though he has consumed the produce of this field for many years, still he has no legal chazaka, no valid acquisition of the field. And therefore the field is returned to the original owner.